That's right, you're listening to the RC After Hours podcast, episode number 81. Can you believe that? 81 episodes. I'm your host, Andre Russo, and this afternoon, this evening's today's guest is Sam from Hangar RC. We're going to bring him up on the screen. In fact, he's right there now. Here we go, Sam. Are you ready for this? Heck yeah, let's roll. Thank you for having <laughs> me on. I appreciate it. All right. So um, yeah, we've been uh, this we've been talking about this for ages and ages and ages to get Sam onto the podcast, and we were kind of waiting for things. I had to fly a plane um, and build a plane <laughs> and everything, uh, yeah, but hey, true story. First and foremost, welcome to the show. We've got a it's um it's a rare Saturday night affair over here, which is pretty awesome. So those people who are alive and watching the show now, um, welcome. Thank you um, to all the new subscribers to the podcast and the YouTube channel. Hey, how you doing? Um, it's kind of good to be energized and having some fun. And and uh, like I said, we've got a guest, so we're gonna jump into this show. Uh, if you guys have questions for Sam about the Hangar RC stuff, keep them in the queue, uh, and we will get through. And we hope, uh, and I'll keep an eye on the chat. Sam's got it pulled up as well. And uh, again, welcome to everybody. All right, jumping into the show, Sam. First and foremost. Introduce yourself to the RC After Hours community. What do you do? Um, I do airplanes. <laughs> no, I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, um, I, I'm a graphic designer by trade. And so um, I do a lot of graphic design work and a lot of videography. And it's, uh, you know, airplanes I got into, oh, probably five or s- maybe seven years ago. And... I started just by building some simple planes, and and now look what I'm doing now. So, um, yeah, like like describe the Hangar RC evolution and why? Why why did the where was this genesis? Why would you do something like this? Right. Uh, so being a graphic designer with my first planes, I was very, I, I, I didn't like the plain white foam board. And I thought, you know, I'm a graphic designer. And I'll be honest, this is before I knew of uh, Rasterize and any of what he was doing. But I'm like, I can make these things look better. It shouldn't be that difficult. You know, I've been doing this for 20 plus years uh, designing and I should be able to do it. And so I decided to take and it, it was the my very first flight test tiny trainer i decided to i'm going to put a military type of scheme on it and sure enough <laughs> sure enough it uh it went i, I won't say viral on the internet but it, it had a lot of people who were asking questions about it on the forums and stuff and the rest is kind of history <laughs> so how long has the 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 Hangar RC um, entity been around? Then, like, when did you start this? When did you reach the stage that you are at now? Like, like, when was that little like? Okay, let's let's do something a little crazy and let's get things going. And and talk us through that. Right. Okay, so <laughs> I uh, I started out um, by doing these skins and then. I decided that, you know what, I want to try to take a stab at designing my own, 
own airframe. And I've never done that. I'd never at the time had never done that before. And so I started doing some research on, um, some airframes and I really took a liking to the, what I call the golden era of RC flight, which is back in the, you know, the, the thirties and forties when they, they used to put, fly these planes. They're all trainers. They all had polydihedral like crazy and, you know, whatnot. And so I, I started getting really interested in that. And I, I saw one that particularly caught my eye and it was called a buzzard bombshell. And I'm like, oh man, that's a sweet plane. And I was so excited to, to see him. And, and my, my first time seeing one in person, I was, I was like a kid in a candy store. I was giggling. It was so awesome. But so I took this buzzard bombshell and I, I mimicked one of our planes, um, at my first design after it, because I just, I really enjoyed it. And I'll be honest, if it weren't for foam board, there's no way I'd be able to afford to get into the hobby at all. And so, um, I had a friend at work who introduced me to the the hobby more or less. And then, um, I was able to design this one plane and do some skins on it. And about that time I started to think about uh, taking this to the next level and, and really, I mean, I really was enjoying, um, the hobby and really enjoying what flight test did. And so I started to think about what can I do to, um, contribute to the hobby, you know? Um, and so I, I, I took this, this vulture, the buzzer bombshell, what we call the vulture, the HRC vulture. And we started planning with that one airframe for about a year. And then in March of 2009, we officially launched. And, you know, I, I went around through the forums and found some designers that could help me because obviously running a company and, you know, <laughs> doing the skins and whatnot, I, I couldn't do it all. So I, I went around and found some amazing designers from around the country who are helping me with the designs of our airframes. And I tell you what, it's it's been a ride for sure. No kidding. And you you say something you said something there of uh, the foam board and working with the foam board. And I think a lot of us and, and this is my own story and this is me relating to this is this is how I started and it's 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 almost hilarious because I've gone full circle where I've okay I started off foam board extremely like I mean when I first got back into the hobby back in 2013 um, it was a side hobby because I was racing and I needed I wanted something in between races so I didn't have the budget now obviously the racing has gone away right so what happens when you crash a race car into a wall right things things <laughs> change um, and so yeah, all sure. the other crazy projects and, and you know the, the hobby kind of pushed up a little bit but I still come back to enjoying foam board it's something about even even if it's not planned it's something about just cutting and going and every once in a while i just go off in a tangent particularly in the winter you know it, it it happens um but it's fascinating that so many people that we talk to this is how they got into the hobby and we're seeing an evolution. I really do think we're seeing an evolution in design. I mean, you, you look at the plane behind you and like three years ago, four years ago, we didn't have curvature on the fuselage. Everything was a square fuselage because no one thought of, you know, uh, and, and the fact that the foam is now allowing us to do more and more and more and more. It's pretty crazy. Um, and so... For like sure. A, there are almost no limits to the designs. Um, and, and so that's, 
it's almost from 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 your company standpoint i want to know is like what do you think and i one of the questions i wrote and it's down it's down for the tree but what do you see for your company for this for this adventure in the next three to five years right for sure let me back up just a little bit going into the foam board thing i'm as a graphic designer i mean i started out working with foam when i was in school um 20 years ago nice and so it's kind of funny building with foam is because um it's cut we were using foam to mount our project so i've been working with foam for 20 years and once i figured out oh you can make this you can build airplanes with them i was like (laughs) wow that's crazy and i've i've been interested in the hobby since i was a kid but i wasn't able to get into the hobby as a kid yeah and so i started off actually by doing model rocketry I'd go to, you know, whatever major chain box store and buy the little Estes, you know, rockets and off we'd go. I'd go to my yeah. local high school and watch them off. Here we go. So the foam board is is an interesting thing because I kind of it kind of fit me perfectly because I fell into it. Because I'd already been working with it. And so I'm like, this is a perfect fit for for me as an individual because I've been doing the foam board for so so long. And um, once I figured out I could, I could actually build a plane. In fact, the first plane I was building, um, that tiny trainer, both me and my wife looked at each other and were like, there's no way in the seventh layer that this is even going to, there, there's no way this can fly. There's no way. <laughs> and you know, that first flight I was, I was ecstatic. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, as far as three to five years uh, where we want to be, um, as a company, we're making very slow, calculated moves. Uh, we don't want to rush it because we want to be around in three to five years, 10, 15 years down the road. So we're really trying to um, keep our um, moves calculated. And we're, we're trying to build the company so that we can offer planes from here and forever, <laughs> as long as I can keep doing this. Um and so we've been doing these uh, these airframes, and we've been averaging. We have th- we have what three airframes out now, and I want to get to the point, and hopefully in three to five years, that I am that we are releasing an airframe once a month. I think that's my ultimate goal. We're not there yet, but that's where we want to be. We want to continue to give back to the community uh, what they've given to me, and give back to the hobby and that's where we want to be cool um so then what are some of the challenges being you know what are some of the challenges that you're going to face as a company like what where are your limitations and and what do you need to do to be able to get beyond those right um the first one is being a little fish in a big pond (laughs) yes yeah that's that's probably the biggest one um well, I, I think, I think our biggest challenge right now is capacity. We're, you know, a small company. We're growing, but it's steady growth. But we're we're small, and we want to make sure that we, you know, can incorporate our growth mm-hmm. because there's nothing worse when a, a brand new company can't produce, you know, planes. Say if somebody orders a bunch of planes, and you can't handle that. So it's kind of interesting. One thing we learned over COVID was our manufacturing got shut down. We were outsourcing all our manufacturing and they got shut down completely. We couldn't do a thing. And so we were supposed to release the wasp early this spring, but we couldn't get any planes cut. 
Yeah, that guy right there. I've got one over here on the wall. <laughs> this cool. guy. This beautiful, beautiful big plate. <laughs> so we kind of got um, we kind of got stuck for about it was probably about five months because we couldn't get anything cut. And finally, I went to our manufacturer and I said, "I've got to have you cut some airframes, just a handful, so I can release this thing." So we did that, and then we realized, you know what? If we're gonna if we're gonna take it to the next level, we've got to bring this manufacturing in house. Now we had some of our manufacturing in house, but specifically, our laser cutting was done um, outsourced. Yeah. So we went and we uh, we found some investors, and we have brought a hundred percent of our manufacturing in house, and that's like our biggest thing. And we just barely got it less than a month ago and we're super excited um this is going to allow us to meet that goal of releasing one airframe a month um in the future and we've got a, a ton of airframes in store we've got so many things in the pipeline that <laughs> we we it's it's crazy it really is uh and and, and the fascinating part is i mean and the wasp the wasp is one of those examples where you link in with the community and you, there's um that is a kind of a cool thing, and there's uh, you know I go full screen, but to your right, <laughs> not is something that that's been designed by a by a you know one of our good friends from the community, Dan Sponholes, and you know like look at that beast, look at that little wonderful that we we know Dan's got a very particular look, and you know and, and uh, I, when he told me what. Your interlink with him that was that was very cool because these are people that I've known for a very long time being in the role that I get to uh you know shepherd over that 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 wonderful event in Ohio every year <laughs> not this year <laughs> anyhow the point is there's this community there's this amazing community of brilliant designers who just have really cool ideas and the medium the foam and it's 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 so much fun in that you know if you do make an error and you do nose over an aircraft some foam some hot glue some tape and boom you're back right and uh it's um it the design element of it is really fun and really intriguing and and those people who spend a little bit of time designing know the little hacks and tricks and everything particularly with foam board like there's always yep. you never th your cg is never where you think it is <laughs> yep you Surprise. learn the hard way <laughs> yes yes yeah, you know um but uh that, that's um so like you said with your manufacturing in-house now and all that stuff, like, what kind of volume can you meet? Like, if 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 people are going, or have you not met that that threshold yet? We haven't met that threshold yet. Well, but that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good thing and a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. I would love to get there, but um, once that threshold uh, hits, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, I'm kind of wondering then, you know, like as you stage these, you said you've ever get your aircraft staged, and we're we're looking at one that's right behind you. Obviously, we're we're aiming for the podcast, so that's Texan. Uh, a beautiful uh, talk about it. Like talk about where this thing came from. Give us some of the descriptions about it and everything. Right. So, like you said, and like I said, we uh, have pulled these amazing designers from the community, and I. Um, I wanted to do that because first I knew I couldn't do it on my own. And second of all, there's so much talent out there. Um, 
you know, out there in the community and the collective mind is much greater than an individual mind. And so I went out and I pulled these designers into work for us. And, uh, that allows me to focus on other things, um, where, where I, where I excel at, um, which is the skins, not necessarily that I don't excel at designing some airframes and we have a lot of airframes I'm designing in the, in the pipeline as well. But it allows us to, you know, me to focus on running the business and, um, and, and actually designing skins. And we've actually got another designer helping us out with skins as well. Uh, and this tells you how awesome the community is. This designer is from South Africa. Cool. And so we're, we're going worldwide with it. But uh, talking about the Texan, I want to speak briefly about the Wasp too. Um, the Wasp was designed uh, by a, a guy down in Texas by the name of Rick Harlan. Amazing designer. He, he, he loves to fly fast and he loves to fly low and he loves to crash. And so the hmm. cool thing about the Wasp is, <laughs> yeah, who does that sound like? <laughs> um, the cool thing about the Wasp is it got put through its paces very early on. And the initial one was actually about half the size of the current one. Oh, and wow. I think that's, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing that people don't realize until they get one, how big the Wasp is. Yes. It's, it's not a small airframe. Um, and so I, I, you know, going, going from the Wasp to the Texan, which was designed by a designer by the name of Jared Rottenberger, amazing designer uh, in his own right. He... Uh, is a master at molded foam. So the Texan will be uh, the first of our, well, I guess the 7 was had some molded pieces on it, but the Texan will be our first fully molded um, airframe to come out. And I've, al- I've always had a passion for the Texan. Uh, we have one, we have a Hill Air Force Base in our backyard, and they have a museum there, and they have a Texan hanging up in the rafters. And ever since I've seen that, I'm like, that's my that's my bird. So, yeah. I uh, I I told uh, Jared. I said, "Hey, you know, let's do a text." And he said, "Great, let's do it." And so, you know, a few few weeks later, actually, only, he, he hammered that thing out so quick. It was only about a week. He had a Texan, you know. Nice. And so, I love nice. it. And it's it's beautiful. The skins really take it to the next level. They are something that allows you know and. I don't know if you're like me, but I hate painting foam board. It's hard to paint. And I mean, there's some masters at it. I'm not one of them. So with the skin, it allows you to have that scale detail without having to paint. Yeah. Paint and you're using, um, talk, talk about the, um, talk about the type of foam board you're using because the foam board you're using, um, painting is, is, yeah, like you said, it's hard because it's not, um, the, the paper isn't, doesn't right. like the paint. Right, and it, it's just it. The foam board we're using is the Adams Ready board. It's the Dollar Tree, the Dollar Tree foam board. So it's not like it's um, anything special, uh, and that we wanted that way because it keeps costs down, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, but we didn't need to use the flight test waterproof stuff because it's we peel the paper off anyway. Yeah. Uh, to apply the skin, so it would be it would be pointless to to use something like that. Um, and our skins can be waterproofed by using some polyacrylic, some yeah. some water-based spray polyacrylic. We did a bunch of tests in the first, and we found that the paint, the stuff you paint on with paintbrush, actually yellows the paper. 
Yeah, the, the and min so, max, yeah, exactly. Yes. So we we found out that the poly acrylic doesn't, and we actually it was really cool because in one of our YouTube videos, um, we uh, I had a FT Explorer tail that I had skinned and sprayed, and I'm literally like holding it under my faucet. <laughs> and cool. that's that's one of the I had a brand new iPhone seven at the time and it fell in the sink full of water. Luckily it was waterproof. But you know, different story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um oh what was it? What was that acronym I sent you that one time? Uh Peel Oh what was it now? I can't remember. Peel glue, peel spray, whatever. Anyway, it yeah. is a fascinating process. And the one thing I, I maintain while building uh, my, my Canadian spec uh, Canada 150 Wasp was take your time and enjoy the build experience because this was the first time I'd really done a skin job. Uh, I did one years ago where I printed it off on just normal paper and the paper you guys are using and the print process you guys are doing are just phenomenal. And I still have to acrylic paint uh, spray mine or uh, the poly, uh, clear. I still have to spray mine, but I've been, you know, putting, putting playing through its paces. Uh, <laughs> if you watch some of the YouTube videos I posted, uh, it has nothing to do with the airframe. It's all this guy's fault. Um, <laughs> But well, being a graphic designer, this the paper we printed off oh, was yeah. incredibly oh. important. And we did a ton of tests, excuse me, when we first started out to determine what paper would actually uh, print well, but also reinforce the foam. Because we're peeling the paper off, we're losing some of the structural rigidity of the mm -hmm. paper or the foam. And so it's a heavier weight paper. And yes, it does make the airframe heavier, but I have only ever had one airframe that was so heavy it wouldn't fly and it was a vulture but it was one that i put like 15 or 20 coats of polyacrylic on <laughs> and that's why it did fly nice yeah because um if anything the polyacrylic you lose some of that um some of the the, the roughness or the 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 roughness on the wings, so you, the air has nothing to grab onto after a while too so actually yeah neat neat, neat problem um but like building up my wasp, I, I just loved how it went. And it was funny because the first time I did, I forgot to clean the nozzle on the on the spray yeah. can and I shot it all across my hand and everything. So it's a different experience. Um, actually, yeah. And then, then there was that wicked yeah. blister. Then the blister. The blister, which is healing, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> but it was so fun to watch the color. And, and I was showing my wife and it was just like, it's just a different experience. And and I think that's one of the fun things about it. And and like you said, with the Wasp, you've got them in the Blue Angels. You've got the, the Warrior, um, sorry, the, 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 the old uh, Warbird look, the, you know, the, your gray, which looks fantastic. And you were just telling me before the show, there's a certain new skin available. There is. Do you want to announce it? I'm sure. Well, here, hold on. I'm, I'm too far <laughs> away from my. And the thing is, like you said, it's a big airplane. Anyhow, when 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 Sam approached me, and says, "Look, I want you to send. I want to send you a wasp kit so you can see what it looks like and feels like and everything." I said, "Well, there's a there's it's an F-18. Um, there's only one F-18 I would ever <laughs> ever fly." And so uh, he went about and did a beautiful job. And if you check out some of the uh, the content on the social media and everything between us. Um, he did a beautiful Canada 150. And for me, I mean, yes, Canada 150 is a couple of years ago, but that was just the most stunning F-18, CF-18 demonstrator plane I'd ever seen out of the uh, the Canadian Forces do. And so it is 
gorgeous. Even even with the slightly rearranged, now you can't see it behind me. I I, I re I I edited the nose. <laughs> <laughs> I was so annoyed with myself. Um, Happens you, to all of us. No big well, deal. You classify this as a as a as a trainer, and uh, I think you can go mild to wild on this airplane. Um, and and and, but it's. Everybody I showed the airplane to at the field was just like, that's foam board? That's foam board? That's that, you know, and it's just the size and scale. It is a really big aircraft. So I'm kind of curious to see what some of the other, your other releases look like as far as size and scale go. But how many sheets of foam is that, by the way? Well, on the plans, it's, uh, I think it's five. It could be wrong. It could be four. But where we have a specific size for manufacturing purposes we can't ship a full sheet of foam board that would be ridiculously expensive (laughs) (laughs) so it ends up being nine sheets of foam or eight for our manufacturing size nice it's a big airframe it's a big airplane yeah and actually that was part of my some of the questions and everything is that something that you are super cognitive about or are you just like oh this is so cool we got to do it kind of kind of mentality (laughs) both actually yeah um so our first two airplanes uh, were the the Wasp and the uh, sorry the Vulture and the Seven, and the Seven is is by far been our most popular airframe. It's it's amazing. It's designed by a guy, a local actually, one of my only local designers, um, a guy by the name of Kylan Browning. Uh, he's an amazing human being, but. We are very cognizant of the size and the scale. With the Wasp, like I said, it was originally designed half size, and I said, "We got to go big on this," you know. And and so, yes, we are aware of the size, but you know, if an airframe warrants being bigger, we'll, we're not afraid to to go big. Well, then, would you do a half size Wasp for kicks and giggles? And like, you know, I guess what kind of motor would that? Would that have been like a multi rotor kind of power supply on that one? So. The funny thing is, the the very first time we took the Wasp up for its maiden voyage after we were after we had developed it, we flew it on a twenty two twelve fourteen hundred kV motor, and it we melt we 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 three D print all our our power our uh, motor mounts. It melted the motor mount because we were balls to the walls the entire <laughs> flight on I a three S twenty two hundred. There you go. So we decided we needed a bigger motor on on that airframe, and so we put one on it. And but we we yes, it's definitely something we could do half size. And in fact, the half size plans are already done, and it's been suggested by the designer that maybe in the future we release a half size one. Man, that thing's beautiful. <laughs> yep. I uh... after living in Canada for a couple of years, I think I'm going to. Um, I'm going to have to build me one of those for sure. Oh boy. So I got a mosquito flying around my shop and it's driving me nuts. <laughs> Let me get back to the microphone. Yeah, that is um, when I saw that. Like, I, And I just said, no, that's, that's, that plane needs to be in that color scheme. And, and the fun part for too sure. is um, you have so many options. Like do people come in after you've got a design and say, hey, here's a – here's." Actually, would you consider like doing out templates and people could do their own skins custom order kind of thing? Or is that just too crazy? Well, that depends. Our our skins are kind of our bread and butter. That's what sets us as a company apart. So we kind of hold those kind of close knit to our 
to our hearts. We, we keep, you know, we give out the free plans and whatnot, but the skins are kind of like, that's our thing. But we have sent much like you people, custom skins. Um, the cool thing about our process is we can customize the color of the skin to anything relatively easily as long as it's not a too in, a, a too complex design mm. like your wasp it'd be a little bit harder because it's there's a lot more to it but with like the seven for example as long as the design doesn't change a simple color change with the skin is super easy like yeah. we just barely printed off a uh, navy blue uh seven yeah we've never done a navy blue seven but someone called in and wanted to order a navy blue seven and so it's some something we definitely can do Interesting, interesting. And it's, uh, uh, like you said, with the Texan, there's so many options and so many different uses, like so many, like the U.S. Air Force uh, had so many different trainer colors. We've got the Harvard, you know. I'm Canadian. I'm going to want yeah, the Harvard, Canadian, right? You know, like, and, but why would you not? And like you said, exactly. You get in as a designer and I'm just, uh, we're rolling through the page for um, uh, the website, by the way, for anybody listening to the podcast is thehangerrc.com. That's a hanger with an AR. <laughs> yes. Thank you. We get it all the time. Make oh, sure man. you spell it with yeah. an AR. Yeah. Um, fun little aircraft, simple aircraft. And is that part of your, 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 your strategy as well? Just build the range and, uh, like, or is it just as the aircraft, as a design comes on, on stream, you just go with it? Or are you trying to stick with a certain, you know, uh, this is up the alpha from, uh, motion RC talks about all the time, sticking with a power system that will work that way you can build up your, um, especially for your store, if people are buying power kits and everything, is this a, um, something that's in the back of your mind when you're designing? Absolutely. Um, and, and to let you know right now, our store is small. But once again, we've only been really doing this for about a year. So we're trying to build up as we source suppliers and whatnot for our parts. But when I originally started doing these, um, the Vulture actually started out on a smaller power system. And we upped it to make them more standard. Um, it was only when we flew the Wasp and burned the motor mount off of it that <laughs> melted the motor mount that I realized we can't always use the same power system. And I want to keep it fairly consistent because I want to keep it easy for someone, someone who's just getting into the hobby, you know. So if you look at it, the 7 and the Vulture right now, the only power system that's available for the Vulture is the exact same power system that's uh, that the 7 runs minus a couple servos because it's a 3-channel versus a 4-channel. So I want to keep them as close to that as I can. Obviously, we're not going to be able to do it across the board. But the other thing about that 2212 1400 KV is they're available everywhere. Yeah. They're a dime a dozen. And every single person who does RC has at least 10 or 15 in their, in their arsenal. You know, they're very common. And so we wanted to keep with the plane size that allowed us to use that power system if we could. Now, obviously, the Wasp does not. But the Texan will. The Texan runs off that exact same power system. And our future airplanes will. We've got a couple other smaller ones planned um, that will run off your standard quad motors. But yeah. um, I, I really like that 2212 1400 KV. 
Nice. motor. Nice. And then 3S, 4S, you just decide on your prop and everything, depending on who's yeah. flying and their style. I mean, everybody's going to fly yeah. a little differently. Um, some people want to fly scaled and other people just want to have that power on reserve, right? So uh, right. lots of flexibility, lots of options. For sure. For sure. And I do believe our 22, 12, 14 hour KVs do allow you to, I think they can run a 4S. So Nice. Nice. Yeah, because you were you were showing me some of the things like your your ESCs and various pieces of equipment. Uh, yep. I, any plans for any kind of jets or EDFs in the future? Absolutely. We uh, actually we <laughs> funny story prematurely jumped the gun on our EDFs. We uh, ordered a bunch of EDFs from our supplier and got them in stock, and then realized we weren't ready to release that the specific plane for the EDF that we <laughs> that we ordered them for. So we have EDFs on our store, but we don't have a plane that uses them. But yes, there's there's a couple right now that are pretty close in the queue. Nice, but nice, nice, nice. Yeah, that's something in my. Uh, in, I've got a, I got a cargo plane that I'm working on, and then I've got a, a spare 4s uh, 12 blade 70 millimeter that I've I've got to design something for. And it's it's one of those there things where you know it's a cold night. You sit down, you start sketching, and then from there you know, something comes out and, uh, that I look at all my to-do lists from last year and I'm like, I didn't build this one. I didn't finish this one. I need to make a new version of that. And just, you know, and that's, that's the beautiful thing about, I love, I love doing product R and D on foam board because it's just yes. like, Oh, that sucks. Get rid of it. You know? And it's like, <laughs> Oh, and you're out a couple bucks. Exactly. Exactly. As much as I would love to build with, uh, with, with some of the water resistant stuff, the price after shipping everything now, it's just, it's just, it's gotten too much. And, um, yep. I have access to Elmer's and I've got access to, um, Adams, which w- it was funny. Cause one afternoon we were discussing the difference between the foam board I have here and the foam board you sent. And I'm like, yeah, there is a definite quality, a definite product difference. And all I can think of is it's either, and I, I'm still convinced it's being a manufacturer of the same place, but your f- paper peeled and the paper had a different consistency, as I recall. So, right. Yeah. Either way, either way, foam board, you, you start building. And if you're not yep. skinning it, it doesn't make a difference what you use. I yep. mean, there is a slight difference between the Adams and the Elmers, but uh, in, in, you know, once once the aircraft is up, you very rarely notice the difference. It depends on what you're doing, but if you're skinning it, there's a different product difference there. So yeah, um, and the skins do reinforce it. I mean, that's yes. the cool one of the that's yeah. one of the things I wanted because I knew we were peeling the foam off, and I wanted a, a heavier skin that would actually make it a little bit more durable. Because mm. I mean, my first Vulture, I got, I'll bet I had 50 hours of flight time on that foam board airplane. Yeah. And that's that's unreal for a foam board airplane. I mean, once you consider weather and, and yes. humidity. Yes. But yeah. Well, this is it. My, my very first scratch build, when I did my first FT racer, there was a yellow black one. When by the time that poor airplane was done, it was probably more hot glue and tape than foam board because right. I mean I drove that thing hard. That airplane just wanted to be fast and low, and you know, and and you're sitting here <laughs> and you go, well, I would never do this. I would never fly. I fly my foam board airplanes completely different than what I fly like my uh, my my you know ready to bind and fly style aircraft. You know, those ones are taking right. a little different. But if I if I go and I ding a post with my with my foam board wing, I'm 
giggling because <laughs> it's just like yeah for sure fix it and go again sure. you know and it's not yep. like absolutely you know. and it's so easy to fix too even with the skins i mean yeah. what you did on the nose was amazing yeah they got a little scratched up but he came you know, back from, and from he, uh, you know and from here and, i can't even tell well i mean i'm, I'm there but <laughs> there you go it's it's yeah. it's it's a little it's it's kind of a little turn to the right i think but you know what that won't impact the performance of the aircraft and actually gave me an opportunity to fix a couple things because so so for my end of the airplane we think my motor um which i picked up from banggood might be a little heavier than the stuff you guys specced so my cg was not what we were expecting and so it flew the first time but boy was i on it and it was a fun flight and i would have brought the thing back uh but there was a there was a walker in the park so i set it down and did like minimal damage comparing it clipped the tree uh and the second flight i threw it wrong full-on andre messed up and I changed the prop. I broke the prop on the first flight, so I changed to a Master Airscrew 10 by 7 And the video, if you watch my last update, it's there. And that plane corkscrewed off the back end of it. Yes, I'm it like, did. The, the controls, I was full rates, and I had nothing for it. I'm like, wow. <laughs> so anyway, I, was, I was a little annoyed I had broke the nose up, but it actually gave us a chance to look at some little tweaks that you guys could potentially make, which was fun. Uh, and I fixed my CG. I... I put some change into the nose. I rebuilt the nose because where where some of the bends happen and everything and uh, flew it late. Uh, so it's going to go tomorrow, which is irrelevant to the podcast, but uh, to anybody listening. But I'm going to get out flying with that thing very soon. And I'm flying on um, – actually, what I do when I reinforce the nose because I, I knew I had CG. I, I could afford to put weight in the front. I actually built up the nose section and the battery just kind of – Sits right yep. in there. Nice. So perfect. Yeah. Well, and, and just allowed me to do it. And you gotta love foam board for that because literally after the damage, I said, okay, let's salvage as much of his nose as possible. And I peeled everything back. I used a little uh, uh, de denaturalized de- 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 uh, um, alcohol and popped as much of the glue away as possible. Got the paper without, you know, I tried, I ripped the the nose section and uh, where it loops around by accident. But I mean, you can't even see that because it's underneath and just, uh, and went at it. So the only thing I really, really, really have to do is spray that airplane and it's, and it's gold to go again. And it will be flown hard all winter long um, because. That's awesome. Yeah, it's got to, right? But I yeah, went 4S right? with mine and um, that's, I think that's the cool part too, is like, yes, it needs a, it wants power. This plane wants to fly. Yeah. I know that's mm-hmm. to fly fast. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to getting down with, I mean, that pack wasn't even fully charged. I'm looking forward to getting out. I might try some other weight batteries, but I think my 4S batteries are the, the 4S 2200s are 40C, which is the thing wants because it's, what do I got in the back? I initially was going to use a 60 and I had a, I had a 70 with a really long cord set on it, a uh, really mm-hmm. long power lead on it and everything. So I just went with that one. So it's got a 70 amp ESC. Yeah. And that's so insane. That's that's pretty good. Okay. We spec a 40. So just you spec so you, a 40 on that motor? Like, okay. Well, my motor, like amp. I said, this was the problem. I no, mean, you know what? Maybe it's a 50. It's a 50. It's Sorry, a 50? Yes, right. Because I did have a 50, yeah. but when I put that motor in, I just had a 70 and it was a spare one out of, I think, my FMS yeah. A10 mm-hmm. when I switched over to 80 yeah. amps. So, um, all right. What's your ultimate build? If you were to say, this is what I want, besides the plane standing over your shoulder right now, what is what is your, what is that one plane? Oh, man. That's a loaded question. Oh, I know. Uh, apparently, I, apparently, I'm disarming <laughs> in my questions, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, 
Golly. Uh, I'll be, well, as a kid, my favorite plane was the Blackbird. And whose isn't, right? Oh, yeah. But so tough to make out of RC. Yeah. So tough. If you've been following Jonathan, I think he is on the on Facebook. He's been trying to do and he's been flying with Overstreet quite a bit. Um, yeah, it's so tough to get the CG right. The thing doesn't want to slow down, you know. Yeah. So if I had to say the Blackbird would be it, but I know better. <laughs> and so, you know, I love the Texan. I love the Sky Raider. Mm. I love um, the DC-3 mm-hmm. or the C-47, however you want to call it. Yep. So, I mean, those are probably my my some of my favorite yeah. uh, military aircraft. Yeah, and as much as I enjoy the civilian ones, there's just something sweet about, you know, something that's got a little bit of a military silhouette to it. It's just, you know, you, you just smile. And, uh, you know, are you going to look at any aircraft with landing gear? Yeah, this is, <laughs> we've had a lot of people talk about this. I want to throw one more plane in there because I have to, and it's, I've, yeah, 14, of course. Yeah. But that's a whole other story for another day. Anyway. <laughs> oh, would you work um, with a swing? Would you try and get the mechanism to work, or is that just too much voodoo? I would love to. I really would. Um, probably too much voodoo, though. But anyway, uh, as far as uh, – what was your other question? I can't remember. What did you just ask me? Landing gear. Landing gear. Yeah, that's right. We've had a lot of people, and the funny thing is, my father-in-law, he comes over here, and he's, you know, he's, I, he's not critical of my planes, but he's critical of my planes. He's all, you know, you need one, you need one with a landing gear. I haven't found a solution that I'm happy with that can be universally adopted because, once again, if we have ten different types of landing gear, that's ten different parts or more that we have to stock, and that gets expensive. Um, not only in storage space and warehousing space, but in that just gets expensive. So I want to find one that I can pretty much put on any airframe. Um, but yes, we are we are working on it, but we haven't we haven't got there yet, quite. <laughs> but yeah, interesting. Yeah, and it, it's funny, like. Uh... Um, I, I've struggled to make landing gear work on a lot of airplanes because you just, unless you're really, uh, really reinforcing where that gear sits, uh, it's one weight and two drag and three, it just gets ripped off. Um, you know, there's the special on phone. Yeah. You know, the tail dragger seem to do a little better. Um, and like you were saying with the, with the SR, the problem with something like the SR 71 is, that battery weight is so far out into the nose, right? That as soon as you come in funny and I've, I've had it with every single EDF that I've tried to build. And it's always like, how do I manage that forward weight? Because the jet, the nose is getting thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner as you go along. And as soon as you land, it's all that dynamic weight of the nose coming in. And I don't care how you flare it. The thing just pancakes. And next thing you know, you've cracked and the crack always goes further back after the repair. Right. So it's like, ah, Mm -hmm. yep. So it's just, it's just this amazing dynamic problem that we're always, we're chasing all the time. But, uh, and again, gear is it. And, but I, I, it's funny because I think I've got two uh, FT planes in my entire fleet that have ever had landing gear, and the rest of them all been belly landers. And there's just something yep. simple, elegant, nice about them. The size works. The dynamic. Every time I go fly a jet or anything like that, it's okay. Check the retracts. Okay, let's get this thing into the car or the right. gear. You know, oh, let's. I'm I'm done flying. Oh, let's get a battery out. Let's 
close the retracts. Let's put it in the car. What did yeah. I just knock off? Well, I'm doing that, right? Yep. So it's just, you know, this is yeah. what I see. And there, I, I like belly landers because they're simple. I mean, yeah. our, our whole mantra is easy to build, easy to fly, right? Um, and the retracts are... Or, or the the landing gear is just another complexity. Not saying we won't ever get there, but right now it's just another complexity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what do you see? Okay, this is a good question. What do you see for the future of this hobby? What, what's what's that something you're looking for to take your designs or your ideas or like what piece of tech you know would make this even sweeter for you? Um. Well, I, I'll be honest, I've, I'm, I'm relatively new to the hobby and there's a lot of things I haven't done in the hobby. Um, one of those is using some sort of flight controller. Um, as much as the flight controllers are cool and, you know, I want to use, I want to try them and especially for someone learning, it, it's almost a, a fly, flying with a, an RC airplane is a visceral response. It's mm-hmm. almost something that you need to, you know, be attached to and with those flight controllers you almost lose something and yes for someone learning it's a great learning tool but to fly an airplane you know full rates nothing uh assisting you there's there's something about that nice actually speaking of full rates when you fly your wasp are you a hundred percent no no I got mine on 100. I couldn't fly it on low rates. I went 100 with 30 Expo, and I was like, okay, now I've got it, but I may need to fiddle around with it. I think I'm at, yeah, I think I I have on a three-way switch, and I have, I think I have 100, 60 or 70, and then like 30 or 40. 30 or 40? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I don't know that I've ever flown on the 30 or 40, but I'm probably around 60 or 70. when I flew it, I, I chuckled, right? Because I, uh, I was having, I was the, the day I got it, the GoPro wouldn't go anything. So I threw my phone at my buddy and he was like, you did a roll within like two minutes to less, like, like 20 seconds of being flying. I'm like, well, I got to test the aircraft. And, you know, yeah, if it doesn't do that, it. we know we've got a problem, right? Yeah. So he thought that it loves was to roll too. funny. Oh, man, oh, it loves I to mean, roll. It's a jet. Uh, the only thing I, yeah. I chuckled with, and I said it in the video is, I was in failing light. Like it is dark at five o'clock here now. And I went out and I got distracted by the people walking across. Cause I was going to come in and do a low pass right past the camera. And the pathway people started coming across and I looked up and I went, am I coming back or is the plane? <laughs> and I got, you know, I'm like, Oh, it's going away from me. Okay. Let's turn that thing around. Right. Cause it's just like the red, the red and everything. So fly, fly. And I bet the gray is the same. You fly that thing on a good, yep. clear, non-cloudy kind of day because otherwise it's like yeah yes yeah and it has such a presence in the sky because it is so big it's so awesome yeah love the um, wasp did you uh did you when you were designing that did you guys consider uh rudders or anything like that or was it just not enough uh throw on it it wasn't enough it, it really wasn't enough it we did i you know we looked at all possibilities um and to, to put it because the way well i mean that's an extra two servos because mm-hmm. it has two More tail weight so, yeah, more tail weight, and we're just like, uh, it doesn't need it. It really doesn't. Have Who you, flies with rudders anyway? <laughs> depends on the plane. Depends Bank on the plane. Yank, Coordinate a turn, Bank buddy. Cord, yeah, coordinate. I get it, I get um, it. Have you guys tried any crazy mixings as far as, you know, because you've got, if you set this thing up on a six-channel servo, a servo uh, receiver, 
you can do all independent channels between your two ailerons and your two uh, the two elevators. Are you so there's four servos in the plane? Um, have you guys done any cool mixings to have a little bit of fun with it? I have not personally, and I can't speak for Rick, uh, the original designer of it. But I have not played with a whole ton of mixings on it. In fact, I haven't played with any mixings on it. But yeah, got, you probably could throw in some flapperons, which would be kind of cool. Yeah, to bring it in nice and. No, but it lands really well. Uh, and then the other question I was going to ask you: how, Do you guys um, do you leave the the prop uh, free wheel on landing, or have you guys set that up to stop? I've always let it free wheel, and I've never broken a prop with it. Believe cool. it or not. Cool. I only snapped it because I bounced the thing off the deck. But yeah, you know, details, no, details. It was R and D testing. You know, gosh. Right. Right. <laughs> We all crash. And that's that's another thing. Yeah. That's another thing about RD and test uh, the testing you've done. Even though it's a final product, we're always looking to improve our product. Yeah. And so if someone has a suggestion and they build one of our airframes and like, you know what, this would be really cool if we had this or this, you know, something, we're always open to suggestions. We're always open to to we founded the company on, on customer service. Mm-hmm. And so we're always gonna at least take a look at it and and send it back to our beta group to if we need to to see if it if it warrants that change. Yeah. I mean, literally, I, I, I mean, my nose crash was like, well, okay, if I just do this here and there. And really, the only other thing I'd found was the spot where I held the aircraft. I was like, if we put a former in there, then that area is not going to get squishy over time, right? Because there's so much, you know, you're grabbing, right. you're, you're doing the death grip. But on 4S, boy, that thing had punched. I was giggling yes. the first time. It was like, <laughs> oh, this thing wants to go, you know, and it's just sitting just there. Just let it go. Oh, yeah. And, Send it, man. Well, hey, the second, the third, the, the video where it flew, that was just right. You know, a nice, nice toss, 50% power, and it kind of, yep, it took off and flew away really nice. Yep. You know, the first one wasn't bad, and it does, it, you know, you've got to watch your, you got to watch your ailerons, and then like that second throw, that was just, I, I, I goose the power, wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> so and, and again, no reflection on the aircraft because the it clearly flies beautifully. It was just you know stuff to remember. Um, right. Cool. So we've talked about what's next on the roster. We've got the you've got your nice Texan Harvard and everything. We've talked about what's next. Um, I'm going to put you through the hot seat now. I'm not going to go too oh, too no. too many. But uh, I love the hot seat <laughs> questions. We actually uh, haven't done the hot now. seat well and. I think you're the first guest in a while as well. I've been rambling on these ones and everything, but you know the hot seats are fun. So the idea is quick, quick answers. You don't have to elaborate oh, too much unless you really want to. And there's a bell, yeah. And there's there's forty something questions because uh, I I posed to the chat if anybody had any extra questions, but uh, everybody's kind of shy. They're all they're all gun shy right now. So come on, guys. <laughs> um, if you do, I'm watching and paying attention. All right. Yeah. So random generator. Question number thirty-seven. Will it be a good one? Oh, we're gonna we're this. We're already starting. It's fun. Vanilla or chocolate? <laughs> oh, vanilla all the way. Nice. See, that's that's what we're <laughs> looking for. Hot seat questions. Why vanilla? <laughs> <laughs> another right. topic for another day. <laughs> now you you've said you've flown for a while. You've been in, in the hobby for a couple of years. So, what was your first plane? Uh, it was the Storch actually? Nice FT Storch. The FT Storch. Nice. Actually, that's a that's a plane. I actually uh, they were testing that a couple of years ago when I was at the flight fest. And I never got my hands on it. I never went with it. Um, what did you think of it? 
I, at the time, I thought, I'm never going to give up on a plane. Call me stubborn, but I'm like, I'm never going to give up. I gave up on it. I could not. But the guy that, that kind of got me into the hobby, he I could fly it with him, but I only ever got off the ground myself once. And it had landing gear, and I don't know if that had contributed to it, but I couldn't get the thing to taxi. I couldn't keep it in the air. I'll bet if I go back to it, I could now. I have more experience. But after that, I went straight to the tiny trainer. Nice, nice. And it's yeah. funny because um, as I look through my, uh, every once in a while, the photos pop up from memories. And I look through some of the aircraft, and I shared with you some of the ones from early days mm-hmm. that I was mm-hmm. developing. And there were just planes that were just like they had the CG was wrong or they had tip stall tendencies. And now there's stuff that I, when I design, it's like that worked, that worked actually. I, you know, and and so it's one of those things where you get used, you know, the tricks and you get used to working with the foam board, you know, the mediums, you know, what do I need to do? And we, we tend to make those classic mistakes where we undersize, particularly on the tail section, we undersize those, the elevator and rudder. And that, that really impacts how well the aircraft performs. For Um, sure. So for sure. All right. Question number 25. Uh, What do you think of the future? Well, what do you think of FPV? I've never flown it myself. I've actually been under the hood with someone else flying. I think it's rad, but it's I I don't trust myself. I I, I have I'm a, have my part 107 license at work. Oh, sorry, this is a quick question, but I, I fly a drone uh, Phantom Four for work mm-hmm. and for for my quote unquote real job, I guess <laughs> if you will. And you know, fly I can fly FPV through that, but I just don't trust myself yet. I, I don't know you how just, you ever get to that point. I think you just you need send the right. It? You need the well. You send it. Yes, you send it. <laughs> you get the right gear, and then like the guys always laughed because when I first started, they're like, "You flew through those trees like there was nothing there," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, the teleporter goggles." That's another joke, right? <laughs> um, but I, right. you just need the right airframe, and I, uh, and it's funny because this year was sort of. I was on a path that I, I never got to my fuel and everything flying and all that, but that'll come for 21. But I really got back into flying FPV and there's a bunch of, you know, beautiful, beautiful aircraft that I've been spoiled and enjoying. And I've, you know, get the classic was, you know, Andre will never finish. Sorry, I got away from my microphone. He will never finish a wing and voila, there's, a, you know, the Defiant D28 is in my hands. Okay, it looks terrible as far as my laminating job, but <laughs> c'est la vie, right? I mean, it's, I, 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 I don't see it when I'm flying it with PB. Right. Um, I think it's about finding the right aircraft and we'll work on that. We'll get you flying FPV. Okay. All right. Next question. you ever make it out to Utah? <laughs> Utah. Oh, man. I still have, there's, there's a beautiful cub in Illinois that, you know, maybe one day there I'll you get, go. you know, so. There you go. Uh, question number 20, glow, gas, or electric? Electric. No question. No question, <laughs> eh? Um, I'll let you know what my thoughts are in that in the next couple of months, right? Because, you know, I've got yeah. uh, the, 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 the wet planes are, that's growing. And that's, that's, again, that's just me, you know, being a, podcast guy and people asking questions well, what yep. do you think of this so i've got to experience all right. this stuff so i can feed back but then like i said i come back and i say i love foam i love 
these development projects, you know, like one of my highlights of the year was working with Shauna from Defiant Wings and, and developing this silly little thing or being, you know, having a hand in it. Anyhow, Sean, I won't take credit right. for Sean's hard work. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, like just we look at the notes and everything we talk about and the stuff we exchange while building stuff. And it's just like, yeah, try this, try that, you know, and, you know, it's just, right. you know, it's it's yeah. been and so much fun. The other stuff's so expensive for me. And, you know, I, I, I may get into it someday, but it's, it, it is expensive compared to, you know, foam board. And so, love foam board. Love it. Like I said, yeah. you know, there's something, there's something magical about just saying, I have an idea. I don't know if it's going to look anything like what I'm thinking, but I'm going to start cutting and no plans, just a ruler, a knife and a hot glue yep. gun and a blister. Um, Been there, done. <laughs> Mustang or Spitfire? Oh, I'm going to have to go with Spitfire. Lovely. Nah. Someone's going to be really annoyed with this. They're going to be wearing their I know. I, I know. I love those, the Spitfires. I, I could I could probably replace every single Warbird in my fleet with a Spitfire because Spitfire. they just, they fly, they do something special. Nothing wrong with any of the, like, the Mustangs or anything, but there's just something beautiful about a really nice Spitfire. All right. Yep. Man, I'm getting all the same questions over and over. Come on, random generator. <laughs> so much for last, last three questions have been exactly the same. Um, <laughs> ooh, landing gear question: tricycle oh. or tail dragger? Mm, I'm gonna go with tail dragger. Nice. I I no okay. Reason. You're gonna laugh. I have had. I've been spoiled. Uh, I so I fly out of a park. Uh, there's a gravel strip. Right. Occasionally, I go out to the club, and the club will be a bigger part of, uh, of obviously, when I start flying the wet planes. And I laugh because last year I went out, I was getting checked out, and I got my, I've got my, uh, my Tundra high wing and everything, and I ground looped this plane. I'm like, I've never <laughs> ground looped the Tundra ever, oh, and it was just the grass, and I couldn't get the the tail wheel to do right. what I need to do. But I was like, wow, and that's the only problem with the tail dragger. And then I, yep. I was telling a story on a previous podcast where I'd been last year I'd been flying my jets and they're all tricycle gear, right? And I'm flying the jets, flying the right. jets, and I go out with the Grand Tundra and I do the exact same thing. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> oh, no. not, a, I'm not on the rudder fast enough, right? Woof, around she right. goes. I'm like, wow. So it's interesting because it's just there's there's uh, there's tricks and tips and 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 ways to, to approach every single airplane and then holding the tail down on the on the tail draggers and stuff. So yep. cool. All right. Yep. Again, repeating. Oh, here's a good one. Mode one, two, three, four. Two. Two. Had to think about that, huh? Two. Had to think about it. I did. I did. I, I, yeah, I did. What, what I don't know do you fly, man? I started out on a Turgy 9X because it was cheap. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Great beginner play uh, radio uh, transmitter. Yeah. Horrible, horrible to program. <laughs> I couldn't figure that. And the resources out there are like non existent. Yep. Um, and now the one I fly now is a Spectrum. Nice DXXE. Nice uh, DXXE or DXX. One of the two. Cool. So basically, actually, in some ways, when you're setting up your aircraft, you're like, "Yep, this is it's it's that whole Anola analogy when we're doing video." And and okay, I'm 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 listening to the audio on the cheapest set of speakers I have because someone's gonna go, "It didn't sound good on my speakers," and you're gonna be like, 
what are you talking about? But that's, that's, that's exactly, that's really good. I started out the same way, man. Sam, like, like when I got into it, it was budget, 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 budget. And I laughed. There is a video when I was flying FPV, uh, with the Bixler and, um, nine X nine, the, the, sorry, uh, the, the Turnigy stuff and, and FPV did not mix. And I didn't realize that the throttle, I had lost the throttle and the the ESC had reset. And I glide, and I'm like, man, this plane is flying really weird. And I'm going back and down, and I got no throttle. And I'm gliding, and I glided in. And it was only until I watched the onboard audio, the video with the onboard, that I heard the motor spin down. And I'm like, wow. And so that was it for that. No Do you more. know the problem I had with my Turnigy 9X? And I don't know if, whether it was just mine specifically, but anytime I'd go to trim, and if I did more, if I like held the trim down like you do when you're trimming, you know that, whenever I'd do that, the, it would disconnect from, it would, from the receiver. So I had a, a dead stick plane in the air. Wow. And so I usually had to take it up like four or five mistakes high. Trim and it. <laughs> trim it and expect it to do something. Or I'd have to do trimming one click at a time or one or two clicks at a time, but I didn't dare go because it would, it would, it would cut out on me. And I'm just like, Oh, I remember, um, particularly with the Bixler, I got the programming so complex between the flaps and all this stuff and that the radio would actually slow down. It was really oh, weird. No. You know, I, I guess the processor wasn't keeping, it was really weird, but it was like, okay, it was odd. So now yeah. I've, like I said, I fly, I fly with my uh, Tyrannus. I've got the 9X. I do have a 6, uh, the, the DX9, sorry. I've got a DX6 and a buddy passed me. And for for all the upcoming big FPV ships, I'm going um, TBS um, uh, Crossfire. Oh. So Crossfire. Because, I'm, because I'm doing all the iNav stuff and everything and flying with flight controllers. and But that's all yeah, for the yeah, FPV. Yeah. That's the FPV ships, basically, so that uh, Return to Home is there, just as a CYA kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. All uh, right. That was nice. Uh, question number 31. Do you have any other hobbies? Yeah. <laughs> many, actually. Too many. <laughs> my, my wife says I have too many. No, she's very, very, she's awesome. <laughs> she, <laughs> she humors all my crazy craziness. Uh, one of my biggest ones is geocaching. I've kind of gotten out of it a little bit, but I do geocache quite a bit. Nice. If you don't know what that is, we find, uh, Tupperware in the woods with multi-million dollar satellites. Um, I actually have some uh, model railroad stuff that I inherited from my dad that I really enjoy doing. We mainly get those out around the holidays, but it's kind of fun. And uh, I still have all my old model rockets. So Cool. Those are kind of the, the big ones. Nice, nice. One of my buddies is, one of the other guys I know from, from Great Hobbies loves his model rockets. I, I've never tried it, but. Uh, uh, um, you got to try at least once in your life. <laughs> might, uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, question number 39. Uh, bank and Yank or Rudder? Bank and Yank. Yeah? So yeah. Are, are you telling me the Texan won't have a Rudder or will it have a Rudder? The Texan does have a Rudder. I was going to say, but that one wants it. one. I mean, I started out with the Vulture. It was a, it was a three channel, you know, yeah. rudder, elevator, throttle. So, but I, I've come when I fly with. I'll be honest, when I fly with, uh, with, a, with four channel, I rarely touch that rudder. I know coordinated turns. I know there's going to be some people out there saying, "Hey," but, but I, I, I a bank and yank. I just, just the way I fly. You <laughs> forgot to ring the bell, by the way. <laughs> 
there um, you go. <laughs> I, I like um, I like the rudder in certain airplanes, like things like the 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 like the FT Racer. So if you're going up and doing okay. you know your hammerheads and stuff like that, you know, right. you kick that rudder over. Or if you're coming in, um, every so often, yeah. it is it. A, it is a nice skill to have because that's why the A10 hasn't flown this year because I skipped that thing off the deck because I yanked instead of doing a rudder turn and keeping the wing right. flat. It all depends on the complexity of the aircraft as well, I think, too. But Very, very true. Yeah. Um, 40C very or 60C? Oh, 40 probably, because I don't own a 60C battery. What? what? I, I don't. Power. I have a Power. I know. I know. <laughs> when you start flying those EDF jets. <laughs> oh, I know. I uh, Well, in my first, my very first 3300, or tw- sorry, 2200 three cells were were 40 C's. That's just what I bought. Yeah. So. Yeah. Back in, yeah, well, it's funny because I still have a whack of my 25 and 35 C's and then over the years, things are just gone up and up and up and up and up. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I just, with with Dan's plane, remember there was a, a contest sponsored by Venom. You remember that, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I actually got second place in that and that's where i got my very first four cell battery believe it or not was from <laughs> Sam, them and Sam, I'll be honest, the, the parallels amazing the parallels when you describe the equipment and everything are it's frightening it is frightening <laughs> oh, well. and well until i got into the jets i was very very aware because okay early days it was super easy to get batteries particularly here in canada right like it was like every time i did a on hobby king order it was oh just throw in a 10 dollar 3s 20 you know 2200 25 or 35c the zippy compact every single time i did an order because shipping was cheap and there was no mail problems and then it changed and all of a sudden it was like wow i can't get batteries without spending a fortune oh no now i gotta go through fedex and the fees and everything so i was very 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 okay and it's like all right if i buy this airplane can i fly it with these batteries if i do this airplane can i fly it with these batteries um that has changed with the whole jet thing because now I have more success packs than I care to think about, and it's a serious, <laughs> serious investment. And it, you know, and it's like, well, I want to fly this airplane, so I need these batteries, and oh, this is coming, now I need these batteries. So it's, it's like, okay, when I build stuff, you know, or when you build stuff, is that something you guys are cognizant about for your designs? Absolutely, and like you said, I was I was in the hobby back when you know. It, a 2200 zippy compact was, was 10 bucks or less, you know, Mm. from hobby King. And so, yes, we're very aware of the power systems that we're using. Um, cause we have to be, you know, uh, one thing we haven't been able to spec or get from our, from our, uh, supplier or, uh, manufacturer is the, the motor for the wasp. I have people ask me, do you have those in stock yet? I'm like, no. And I'm sure it has a lot to do with COVID, I'm sure it has a lot to do with, you know, stuff out of China is super slow, but we haven't been able to source that, that motor yet. So I have to say, well, you're going to have to go to Hobby King or you're going to have to go to, you know, flight tests or wherever to get those motors because we can't get them. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? You're not alone. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting that actually speaking of it, we're, we're digressing from our speed to our hot seat, but did you guys, <laughs> okay, y- you had your, 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 your manufacturing problems, but did you guys actually see an uptick in demand during the COVID, especially the early stuff in the spring? The early stuff we did. And then it kind of died off. I think, especially here in the States as people 
started realizing that I don't know about financially, but I think people started getting a little bit scared. I I think, but in, in the early stages, yeah, we were selling quite a bit, but you know, the last stages, July, it's, it it died off a little bit, but people aren't building. They're flying at this point, right? They're trying to get out a little tiny Mm -hmm. bit. And even myself, Mm -hmm. I like last weekend was like, that's it. I'm going out. And so the guys (laughs) were going insane, right? Well, the guys were super cool about it. Everybody kept, you know, gave me my little perimeter because it's like, you know, sorry, you know, Andre's like considered high, high risk. So, er. um, <laughs> all right. Question. Well, what question was this one? Number 26. What was your first car? A 68 Volkswagen Bug. Nice, dude. I still have it. It's down in my hometown on the farm in a shed. I would love to have my son have, bring it up and, off the farm and rebuild the engine yeah. like I did when I was a kid and have my son drive it. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. That'll come, it's, a, huh? it's a death trap car, but yeah, yeah. Hey. But yeah, I still have the car though. So. Hey man, I was out this afternoon. I, I had to go see my parents and everything and, and November and it was like 17 degrees. So the GT6 went out for a little bit of a drive and, and one of the neighbors saw me blasting down the street. So I dropped down a gear and <laughs> well, the back for the main road. Very mm-hmm. pretty car. Yeah, it's uh, it's my little, it's my little toy. Nice. So, Volkswagen Bug. Nice, man. All right. Uh, you've already answered that one. All right, we won't do too many more of these because they're they're going in. Ah, I love this question. Velcro. Fuzzy on the battery or fuzzy in the fuselage? Fuzzy on the battery. Really? Was it? Uh, so that's the. It's sorry. I don't have a battery around here. So you put the, so the, yes, sorry, never mind. The, yeah. The fuzzy on the battery. Yeah. Because yep. then you're not, you're never, fingers are never in the fuselage except to put the battery in. Yeah. You're constantly touching your batteries. Yeah, exactly. It's not attracting, it's not getting everything. Yes. Yeah, my yep. bad. It's been a while since I've answered that one or asked that question. <laughs> All right. Um, fast or slow? Uh, slow. Slow flyer? Slow. Really? Yeah. So, I love my I, I started out with the with the you know the vintage planes. Yeah. I there there's something relaxing about, for example, our vulture. There's something relaxing about just putting it up and it's hands off. You just enjoy well, honestly, being in the air. It it is a design testament to the aircraft. If it slows down, it was uh, one of our flyers at the uh, at the where my group, uh, Matt, uh, who unfortunately passed away last year used to just go nuts with me because I'd do things like take my T-28 and I'd slow that thing down to a crawl. And he's like, yeah. it's a warbird. It's a military plane. <laughs> it should be doing like 75% throttle. It just be just yeah. hauling. What are you doing, Andre? And I'm laughing going, if the plane doesn't, if the plane falls out of the sky, the moment I drop down to 50% throttle, it's not designed well. So I, you know, so I, yeah. It's got to go slow. It's interesting. Nice. It's it's so relaxing. And I love, I'll be honest, one of my favorite things to do, and uh, shameless plug for uh, our YouTube channel, go to youtube.com slash thehangerrc. And, but you get on there, there's a video of me flying the Vulture in like 15 to 20 mile an hour wind. Yes. And it just hangs. And, and, and to be able to, with the Vulture, to hand the transmitter off to my kids. I know we have a buddy box system. My, we have two Turnigy 9Xs. But... To be able to hand it off and just say, if you get in trouble, just let go of the sticks, and it that polydihedral kicks yes. in, and it will just, yeah. you know. And so, it's something about a slow flying airplane that just gets me every time. Cool, two thousand dollar plane or twenty one hundred dollar planes. <laughs> 
I've never had either, so <laughs> I don't have an answer for that because I don't know what that would be like. Fifty fifty thousand dollar plane and like you know five hundred dollar yeah. planes, <laughs> right? Oh, right. ten. Yeah, I I do like we've been vans RV for our seven. The company actually reached out to us and and we were kind of recognized for for producing the seven because um, it was modeled after a vans RV seven. So I kind of taken a liking to to those full scale air, airframes. They're beautiful. Mm, nice. Nice. Um, Ooh, I like this one. Question number 43. And after this, we'll, we'll start, uh, we'll start wrapping up a little things. Um, if you had to fly the same plane for six months, what would you pick? I would have to pick, uh, obviously I'm going to say one of our own airframes, but I would have to pick this, the vulture. Cool. Just because, I can, I can give it to my kids. I can, yeah. you know, it's, and it, it's funny. It, it will actually do it like with a 2200, 1400 KV. It'll do a, it'll do unlimited vertical. We've done some crazy barrel rolls yeah. with it only be, on a three channel, which is weird, but it looks funny. But yeah, I would, I would go with the Vulture. Nice. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll number number 33. What's your favorite RC uh, aircraft of all time? I had to pick one. I would, well, I would say the the flight test tiny trainer only because I built hundreds of them. Probably I built so many of those things, um, but I would probably say R seven. It is a fun aircraft to fly. It really is. It's a sp- mile. It's an easy sport airplane. If you're just getting into sport flying, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a fun air. It's easy to build. It goes inverted like nobody's business. Very little up is required when it's inverted. And so I, I would say the seven. Very cool. All right. I'm going to end on the last question on this one. What is your favorite part of the hobby? Flying with friends and family. Awesome. I love taking my family. That's the best part. Absolutely. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, I haven't had a chance to fly with my dad in a while. He's kind of, uh, he's kind of retired from flying, but he'll build for me occasionally. Actually, he's fixing my, my VTX transmitter as we do this podcast. So oh, there you go. Yeah, my little micro, <laughs> my little micro FPV camera, the, which, uh, which yeah. I blew the, uh, the antenna bit off of. He's, he's fixing that for me. So, um, and one day I'll, I'll get my son back into it, but he's into his Minecraft and video games. So, yeah, say that uh-huh. to me. Um, Awesome. Sam, uh, actually, I've oh, got a few things I want to do before we, we wrap up the show. Wrong mouse. There was a question there. there was a does question? the HRC-7 fly slow? Yes, it does. It, it is. It can fly fast. It can fly slow. It's a very versatile airframe. Um, and we wanted it that way because, once again, easy to build, easy to fly, right? And it, it can fly really slow. If you get on our YouTube channel, uh, yeah, funky pops. You'll be able to you'll be able to see some of our footage, especially in the first of the build video. You'll be able to see some of the footage, and we're it, it slows down beautifully. Mm-hmm. Doesn't drop wingtips at all. What's the span at on all. that one? It's about forty. Is it forty or forty-seven inches? Somewhere around 40, 45 inches, somewhere around there. Cool. I think it's closer to forty. Nice. And again, like you said, with the, with these smaller aircraft, the shipping and everything are a lot more, it's a lot more reasonable. So, um, for sure. yeah, for sure. versus, versus that big, big behemoth behind us. Um, <laughs> so, all right, Sam, let's bring you back up. We'll get the chat there in the background. Anyhow, any, um, any last points before we, we wrap up your, the segment with you and we'll, uh, we'll talk about some of the other stuff that's going on and, uh, we'll call this show a wrap. Yeah. Um, 
I just, if you haven't experienced one of our airframes, uh, I suggest you give it a try. Uh, Andre's a testament to it, and I'm, I'm hoping to uh, get Andre some some more airframes so he can try them out. But uh, our, it's it's there's something about when you have an airframe that looks real in the sky, and especially when you don't have to paint them. Uh, a regular Adams foam board doesn't paint well unless you put some poly. Uh, urethane on it but those are the there's something about special about skinning an airframe and the way it looks in the sky i've had people that have said to our airframes is that uh you know is that a balsa build or is that you know how'd you get all the the detail and and it's it's all it's just skin and there's something about that and that like i said that's our better bread and butter and if you haven't given it a try go on our website download the free plans order one of our quick kits that's i mean it really does save a ton of time if you order the quick kit. But um, those are some great ways to support us. But I'll, the skinning is is where I love. I love to design. I love to I love to skin. I love the way I love scale looks. I, I'm a sucker for scale airframes. So nice. give us a try. And and so two and. things. Uh, Sam has been very gracious and he's, uh, he sent out a podcast, uh, for the RC after hours podcast, a, uh, 10% off, uh, coupon code. Hell yeah. One word. Hell yeah. All eight letters. Uh, and that is good till the end of February, 2021. So, uh, the hanger uh, for that. And, uh, I'm still working out the details, but Sam, if you want to fill them in on the next little uh, goodie that you're talking about. We are going to um, give away a Texan to uh, the RC After Hours uh, Patreon supporters. So if you're a Patreon supporter, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Andre, but yep. you're automatically, you're automatically uh, entered into the competition, or to the drawing, I should say. Um if you're not a Patreon supporter, we're going to give you some time to sign up to be a Patreon supporter. Um, relatively affordable. Uh, I think you send out a couple stickers, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for the different levels of, of, of support. But um, we're still working out the details. But sometime in the future, in one of the next couple episodes of um, RC After Hours, we will be giving that seven or that uh, Texan away. They're not in production yet. So by we will send it out as soon as they the pre-sales are sent out. Or as soon as they're going out, we'll send that out. Very cool. And speaking of things for the Patreons, again, thanks guys for uh, supporting the podcast. It makes a big difference. I will have to get busy with John in the U.S. and order some of those awesome new decals. They are on the, uh, if you go to the uh, the swag, it's uh, shop.spreadshirt.com slash rcafterhours. I do have stickers there that you can buy, uh, and there are going to be some promotional sales, so keep Drop into the store occasionally. Uh, the Spreadshirt guys uh, run, um, they run occasional sales where there's discounts and free shipping and stuff. I will try and get some uh, some of the decals uh, done, which you guys can order up from us directly from the podcast and have them shipped out and, and go from there. Um, and then Sam, <laughs> Sam, 
One of the actually no, there are a couple. There are a couple Blame Andre T-shirts that are out there, which is really cool. Uh, I've got my Blame Andre cap, which my wife absolutely thinks it's hilarious when I wear it because she's like, "You have to explain." It. But <laughs> I did. This was something she got me for my birthday. There's my RC after nice. with the new logo, and yeah, and and, and Nate Dog, Nathan Knight. I've said this so many times. For those watching the podcast, uh, there's a couple of videos out now about this. This whoops, I whacked my microphone. Um, <laughs> Nathan has got a laser engraver for those listening on the, the the audio portion of this, and he was very very gracious. Uh, he cut he he embedded the logo onto some pallet wood, and it looks stunning. Check out some of the social it media does. stuff on the Instagram. Uh, Nathan, thank you, sir. He paid for shipping from California to to Canada uh, on some wood. <laughs> it looks gorgeous. I showed this to my wife, and she was so impressed. Uh, I don't know where it's going to hang here in the studio. I'm probably going to find a really nice, prominent spot. Probably a really good excuse to paint that wall behind my head because my basement's <laughs> half painted. But that's like a winter project, right? Two years ago, it should have been done. <laughs> uh, again, right. priorities. Uh, so again, Nathan, thank you, man. It made it really made my week. Um, put that there. Uh, well. Yeah, it's gonna slide and fly off. Uh, so yeah, there's lots of there's a lots of fun stuff going on. It's been a really fun week. There's Nathan's look at that sticker. Everybody's got stickers, but I'm so happy that that logo turned out, and it's just kind of uh, it's kind of redefining how the show goes. Um, apparently, a few people have already actually bought stickers off the uh, uh, the Spreadshirt.com one. But like I said, um, I'll set up a new. We did this earlier on with some of the uh, when people were when we were issuing the old stickers uh and we still have a whack of those so we'll probably do a combo and everything because there's nothing wrong with the old logo as well it's just it was we were due so yes so coupon codes remember that hell yeah <laughs> that was you know, yes i was feeling punchy that day that was your idea <laughs> yeah i was feeling punchy and it's funny so i'm like you know um so yeah the stickers are there i've been having a ton of fun getting these uh, uh all these wings together and everything i will fly that one the uh sky hunter 1.8 meter twin or the sh18t uh will fly eventually uh i'm it's almost set up to go manual i was gonna go six those motors can't handle it so i'm gonna have to save up and buy some some lower kv motors because i want to run that thing on 6s because then all the 4s can go in the other ones the heli killer which is sitting behind me it's i'm waiting on a bigger motor which is back ordered because the one i bought was too small but i'm still gonna try it again all these wings everything gonna go manual and then eventually there'll be inev so i can do auto launch and be spoiled and everything so it's gonna be a lot of fun technology um i've been really pushing myself in the last couple of weeks to just keep um just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and flying harder and harder i'm actually and the guys joked at the field i'm looking forward to winter because there'll be less people there it sounds so crazy and so <laughs> stupid you, you know minus 35 celsius who's gonna be up flying andre will be so <laughs> all right Oh God, I, I I can't I cannot wait for the winter just to get out flying and just to have all kinds of fun. So, all right, patrons, thank you, Sam. Thank you so much for coming on. All the people on the show who are watching the uh, who are on watching live stream, 
thank you so much. Um, we're going to keep pushing. We're going to keep having fun. Sam, it's been a super pleasure having you on as a guest. You made it easy for me this weekend. Thank you. Uh, and thank you. I, I can't wait to get flying that jet. I will poly it all up so it will survive the winter, and I will awesome. fly it for awesome. all it's worth. So I'm awesome. Andre. My guest this afternoon or this evening has been Sam from the Hangar RC. Check out HangarRC.com for uh, for all the products we're talking about. And we'll get him back on the show to do the uh, the Patreon uh, release. Uh, you know, so if you're a Patreon right now or the next couple of days, next couple of weeks or whatever, get your name in there. We will do an auto draw and Sam will announce who's getting a Texan. All right. Yes. Thank you very much, sir. Queuing up some, uh, you. some extra music. And uh, we will... Uh, we will have to do this again very soon. Have a great day. Uh, great evening. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Ciao.